Welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. I hope the intro music was fittingly relaxing for you. This episode of the podcast, I chat to Daisy, who runs the Bookmark Boys, who, if you haven't seen them, then I don't really know what you're doing, because they are, in fact, the best bookmarks that are out there. I'll put a link to the Etsy shop for you to check them out if you like bookmarks that include Harry Styles, Kim Kardashian, Boris Johnson, if you're into that. There are so many, and they're so funny, and it is such a good and creative idea. And in this episode, me and Daisy chat about everything from the books that she likes, from living creatively, living life as an artist, and what it meant to be as an artist when Corona came around and ruined everything. So there's a lot that goes on in this conversation, including a couple of times where her cat did attack my leg. But look, nothing's perfect in this life, is it? So before we get into the podcast, obviously a word from a sponsor of the podcast who just so happened to be still BetterHelp and BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people around the world. You'd have seen me speaking about them on Instagram and essentially trying to get everyone in the world to go to therapy. That is the mission. Therapy, when I sort of first found it and was first open to going, really did change the game for me being able to speak to a professional about my thoughts and feelings and for them to objectively look at them ask me questions that pointed my life in the right direction was amazing and not something that I had ever even considered doing before so it changed my life just like the books and that is why I keep spreading the message if you want to get matched with a therapist within the next couple of days on BetterHelp it's within 48 hours you'll be matched with a therapist and you can speak to them via phone video or you can just do it via like an email or a messaging app. You'll also get access to all of their group webinars that can be done on like relationship um, issues, webinars on self-love. There is so much to offer through the app. And with the podcast that you're listening to right now, that does make you a Need to Read listener. And a Need to Read listeners get 10% off their first month with BetterHelp. So you go to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Now, as well as BetterHelp, it is just worth worth mentioning, you should sign up to my Patreon. If you like what I do, I do it for free. If you think maybe, hey, I want to support Ed, head over to the Patreon. You'll get instant access to five bonus episodes and a couple more every single month, and you'll be part of the book club. And being part of a book club is a great way to keep you accountable with your reading. So just head to patreon.com forward slash a need to read but should we get into the podcast it's recording now so daisy welcome thank you you absolute bookmark mogul monopolizer of the bookmark industry i am a huge deal in that very niche market <laughs> <laughs> you are aren't you niche market well you say that i don't follow many bookmark specific accounts yeah so i want to say that i monopolize what i have yeah i've never known anyone or known of like a bookmark business ever Maybe. yeah i think that's probably a reason for that <laughs> but like you you've made it fun yeah i have it's because I swear a lot and get my boobs out. You do get your boobs out. That is one thing um, that you actually asked me to ask you um, <laughs> on the question box. Is I was in bed. Like, we'll do your introduction in a moment, but often when you hit, like, a 
we are going to hit 10k sales at some point soon and i imagine you'd be getting nude for that as well so i've actually got a plan for that okay i do secret yeah i don't want to ruin it too much okay i don't even know how it started but i think i was close to seven thousand sales so I put on my story, oh, get me there and I'll do something stupid. I'll do a live nude, like, ha, lol, not yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah. that. And then I had like 50 orders. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, oh shit, I need to follow through on my claim. Yeah, yeah. So I did a live nude, which was fun. And then um, I started getting close to 8,000, no, yeah, 8,000. And people were messaging me like, what are you going to do now? Like, when <laughs> I was do we like, get oh, seal tits God. again? <laughs> So then I got Matt involved, yeah. my partner, um, and did a fun video. But the thing is, it's just, I think with businesses especially, people take it too seriously. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Yeah. So try and get it to the microphone's facing you. I'm sure it... it like this? It. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's perfect. Sorry. Go again. Go again on that. So if people take it too seriously. People, people take it too seriously. And if you have a business is kind of like assumed that there's this sort of corporate air to it mm. or anything you do is because you need to make money or you yeah. care about um, the sales and stuff like that. And it's like, at the end of the day, this is for fun. Yeah. Like, and the fact that I've started making quite a lot of money from it is a fucking bonus. Like, that's yeah. incredible. But it's still going to be me completely. I mean, I make bookmarks with swear words on and funny faces. Like, that's not... Yeah. I need to be Gemma completely... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it needs to be authentic to me. So doing dumb time lapses and stuff like that, like, that's the thing that makes it fun for me. Yeah. And then some people message me like, oh, your brand is so unique and stuff like this. And it's like, I'm not trying I'm not yeah. trying to be unique. I'm just trying to have fun with it. What's the point? Life's too short. Yeah, that is so true. Mm. Do you think, like, have you always been, like, just don't take stuff that seriously? Well, actually, like, you must take it seriously because, like, it does smell like money in here. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, like, you are doing really well from it. And it's testament to you because fucking first to market you had the idea you've been like running with this have you always had that like rebellious i suppose it is rebellious because the corporate world will have you think that you have to be all serious and take yourself really mm. seriously have you always been like that because you are you were an artist pre so what happened the story yes yeah, so let's get the story who is, are you who am i so i'm daisy <laughs> i so what happened so my my what i do or did do before lockdown is um make dresses i was a mm. fashion designer well fashion usually loosely um because i make dresses out of paper and recycled materials Ooh. so companies would send me their branded like surplus materials i'd make a dress out of that stuff that they send me and then that dress will be used in an ad campaign or whatever they're trying to kind of That's promote cool. at the time. Who? So I've made dresses out of motorbikes for Suzuki. I've made dresses out of deck chairs for South Sea deck chairs. I've worked with Dior. I they can't believe you just put sem- Suzuki, South Sea deck chairs and then Dior. No, I was, I was trying to think. <laughs> I was trying to think of weird materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deck chairs is weird, but yeah. the brand, not so much. Huge brands have um, deck chairs. Like <laughs> Shout out to them. <laughs> um, yeah, Dior, they sent me like uh, 
thousands of perfume tester cards. So, you know, when yeah, you yeah. made a dress like that for like this big Christmas window display they did for a shop. Um, who else? Tiger Beer. That's the one I filmed a TV commercial for That's in Prague. Cool. And I, um, big deal. Anyway, so moving on from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Corona happened and every single exhibition, catwalk show, mm. everything I had lined up completely cancelled. All the, ev- ev- everything just yeah. got scrapped. So it was suddenly like, oh shit, panic stations. I need to, and not even money-wise, because I, I work um, two days a week as a graphic designer, okay. just like for a laugh, to be honest, because yeah. I need that interaction with people. Otherwise, I'll go insane. Yeah. Because working as an artist is incredibly isolating. So I need I need to bounce off people yeah. and have that and have that structure to a week as well. So it's like, okay, every Monday and Tuesday, I'm doing this and that's fine. Okay. And that's you still doing that? Yeah, yeah I'm still okay. doing that just because it's fun. Um, but what was I saying? You were saying Corona happened. Oh yeah, so Corona happened, and that was it. So not even money wise, but just something like a creative outlet. I needed to find what I was gonna do. Yeah. And I'd made a while ago a bookmark Corrigan, so the Peep Show one, the OG. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, just because it was funny, and I think I made it for a friend as a gift who liked Peep Show. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is funny. Um, and then I think I made some, someone wanted me to do something for a Christmas market, and I love to craft. So I was yeah. like, okay, I'll make some more bookmarks. But I was trying to shoehorn names into bookmarks. Yeah. So I had like book parks and rec bookmarks okay, yeah, yeah got you alan partridge page parter okay so i had about four the mighty boosh marks okay um and then when lockdown happened i was like okay because i i put the rest of the stock from the christmas market just on etsy mm. and nothing really happened with it i think i sold one or two and then when corona happened i was like okay well maybe i should try and push this a bit more like i enjoy mm. drawing them and they're quite fun yeah like stop being a dickhead and trying to shoehorn names into the bookmark and just yeah, do different characters yeah. yeah so um i started doing more i did loads and i just put them on etsy and it just grew and grew and honestly like when i first started doing it i was making them too long to even fit in a fucking envelope yeah i was having to print them mount them on card and then cut them all individually at like just on a fucking desk jet printer yeah each one would take about like 20 minutes to make <laughs> oh my god and then i um uh started doing loads more characters and they started selling a bit more and i was like oh shit so i had them professionally printed which yeah. life-changing and he's so much better yeah nice and so that's kind of how it all started and then it just went from strength to strength. But what I find really interesting is, so like I was saying, my original, I'm an artist, I make yeah, dresses. Yeah. But it's clearly um, like fulfilling me in some way that I haven't had like the itch to go back to making dresses. It's okay. really weird. And I think also it's so liberating because bookmarks 
for me it was like a fun side project that happened to go really well yeah but there's no I'm not personally invested in it like with dresses and my art there was so much of me in every single thing that I did yeah and it was so like a, so much a part of me and as rewarding but stressful and just such a personal thing yeah. whereas bookmarks is fun and if people criticize it fine crack on if yeah. it doesn't go well fine crack on if it's going brilliant great crack on like okay. it's just it's really liberating to not be so emotionally invested in something that i've created yeah even though it is still me i don't feel too it's like it's not too personal well obviously because yeah, other people's like characters an attachment yeah like a very buddhist kind of philosophy it's, attachment to it or not attachment non-attachment they call it very different to the last 10 years that i've been experiencing <laughs> were you like in your old job were you stressed a lot like um, you obviously you said a lot of you was in your identity of that job yeah and i think that's that's it's just a, it's just being an artist and mm. a creative and to bring it back to books that's what we're here for yeah fyi yeah but what stephen pressfield said in the war of art it's so like his whole his whole life was writing and mm. trying to achieve with his books and get um a sale and stuff like this yeah and what i realized with uh making dresses is regardless of if i pushed so so hard and try to get in touch with so many people and try to do this catwalk show and this commission and that and blah 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 it didn't make a difference to if i just sat back and let people come to me the set i'd get the same amount of work okay but i would be so stressed in trying to push yeah. so hard for it and i'd <clears throat> but then if i was doing nothing i'd feel guilty like you're not trying hard enough you need to constantly be pushing you need to be progressing yeah and it's, it's just exhausting. It's just so exhausting. I so hate that attitude. Of it's like insane. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Exactly, exactly like, that. Oh, like people like say like, oh, you must like reach out to so many people. And look, like I send maybe five emails a week. Like that is me being a liar. Actually, I spend like two emails a week <laughs> out to people, inviting them on the podcast. And as soon as I've sent the email, I don't give a fuck if I hear back from them because if I do. I'll be upset because the majority of it won't come back. Yeah. The majority of the work you do will never be recognised. Yeah. And it's just about just doing it because it kind of makes you feel like, all right. Yeah, seriously. And that's, I can't tell you how much my priorities and just perspective on kind of fucking everything has shifted recently mm. because I used to be exactly what you just said. Like so much of me was tied up in, my art and what I did and I used to just want I mm. and just want to be recognized I guess as yeah. what I did was good not recognized Validation's as like great, isn't exactly it? <laughs> I needed that external validation and what I find really interesting is like I said doing bookmarks now I haven't had the itch to make dresses and I it's really weird because I think in my head, like, well, where's my ego being fulfilled there? Like, what am I... Obviously, they're going well and they're selling, but me as a person, it could be anyone behind the brand. Like, yeah. people don't really know. But I think 
I'm still getting that kind of external validation and fueling the ego from doing dumb Instagram stories and stuff yeah. like that, which is really interesting because actually it's not the articles written about me in magazines and doing interviews every other week and is that what you all used of to be this like? stuff. A huge deal. Honestly. Really? Honestly. That's mad. But doesn't get you any money. Yeah. Tell you that for yeah, fucking yeah. free. Um but I don't, I don't, that's, I thought that's what I needed and wanted and like strive for. Yeah. When actually it's just wanting to be happy. I know it sounds mm. so cliche. Yeah, but that's what everyone, it cliches really are is. legit. It's insane. And it. now I just, so when my bookmarks over Christmas, they went bananas mm. and I, I wasn't ready for it at all. I wasn't prepped for it to go so mad. And I was trying to kind of pack a hundred orders on my own every day. And I was feeling really overwhelmed and was starting to feel quite stressed. And I was like, hang on, what the fuck am I doing? Mm. This is a side bag and it's fun. So I turned off all my ads. I like stopped any, any so I, I think I spend like five pounds a day on Facebook and Instagram advertising. I just turned it all off and the orders dropped a bit. Mm. Um, and some people were like well daisy what are you doing you could be making so much more money like per yeah. turn on and I, it's not fun anymore yeah. as soon as it starts to get not fun i just i'm out yeah. i don't i don't want to do it this is the only thing i want in life now is for it to be easy and to mm. make me happy yeah and i don't know if that's like it could it could be seen as kind of like childish petulance mm. but also a mature like way of viewing life like yeah. i just realized it's not it's nothing is worth making you stressed we're too old to have to endure stuff we don't want to do or don't yeah. enjoy yeah life isn't like that anymore back in the old days that you had to do particular things to get by like old people say oh you have to work hard you have to do all this like, no, no no like the whole point is that you do enjoy it as best you can yeah and definitely. like you, you i always say to my family like, i've designed a life now where i can kind of do what i want exactly that is so it i have crafted this hole for myself in which sorry i just hit this thing no, that's right um this hole for myself in which it's fucking what's the day today the uh, thursday it's a thursday at 12 o'clock and yeah. we're sat here on my sofa chatting mate how sounds that like it's insane and i have no wor worries about like money or yeah. anything like that i just did it again it's fine it's okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's i'm so and i've worked fucking hard to do that yeah so now i'm gonna enjoy it i'm not gonna wait until i'm 70 and retired yeah what's the point you people have this like thing of like right well you have to work really really hard up until you're a certain age and then you get to retire and like people think you have to work hard but it's not even that people think you have to work hard so you have to work long and it has you have to look like you're working yeah. hard so in my old job i sold health insurance i wasn't passionate about it i think the nhs sure. is good uh and like anytime i used to hear people complaining on the phone about um the nhs like a and E and stuff and Alan, well, I'm mate. Do you know in like Pakistan they don't have A and E, mm. or like, and I'm sure they probably do. But like countries that are completely different to the UK, I'm like, you are so lucky. You pay your national insurance, which is fuck all. Mm. The NHS, I'm like, 
and excuse me, my mum works in the NHS. She works really hard, well stressed mm. out because it's underfunded. So just buy the health insurance and shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't be dealing with it. But I used to like go in early and I'd work from like half eight until like half seven. But I wouldn't work hard in those no, hours. I'd just, just be there. Just procrastination, yeah. Yeah. Whereas now, like the way that I do things now is I will do one week of like six or seven podcasts or do it over a period of two weeks and then I have two weeks off. Mm-hmm. And people don't know that. People think it's like a constant mm-hmm. thing. But in that two weeks off, like... You're playing the game. You're I'm playing just, the system. I'm, I'm playing the game. Like mm-hmm. I'll read a little bit more that week. I'll record some other ones. I'll do some stuff on my Patreon. I'll go skateboarding. I'll go surfing. I'll go off up to London. I'll do mm. nothing. Mm. And it's because I've kind of like worked for the privilege to yeah, be able to absolutely do these things. And I think it's really important and it takes a lot of learning and time to become okay with doing that and not having that feeling of guilt mm. that oh my god i should probably be working yeah like why it's it's wednesday and i'm doing nothing oh i feel really guilty everyone else is working really hard and it's like no you 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 do work hard and you've you've made this life for yourself you shouldn't feel guilty about it you yeah. should enjoy it now and the, in in like creative jobs where you where you actually have to like challenge your brains talk about things and and to do particular things, not that other jobs aren't hard and taxing mm. on your brain, but like if I did two, if I went and was a guest on two podcasts in the morning, like I have to rack my brain to get stuff out. And like I'm knackered. Yeah. Last it's week, it's exhausting. It's draining to I, be like, because like you said, at a desk job, you can just kind of switch off, yeah. and you're like on autopilot. Mm. But if it's if it's you and you're talking about something especially with what you do with yeah. pod- i mean i fucking sit and cut bookmarks for three hours a day <laughs> it's hardly like the amount of shit tv shows that i go through <laughs> but it's it's exhausting it's challenging to have to be on that much yeah. it's a lot i'm learning all the time as well that's that's the like a, it takes it out of your brain the other day i went on a walk on a thursday at like two o'clock got stoned on the way like and then just had a lovely walk <laughs> came home let down it must have been about half past three and i think my dad and said he heard me snoring at like four nice. woke up at half six like so confused and i texted my mate i was like mate i'm such i'm just not working hard enough i'm not doing enough i'm not putting enough in he just like mate you've earned the privilege to get stoned and have a nap on a on a thursday seriously? afternoon if you want to seriously and i was like yeah i suppose to be fair because i would then swap out the two hours that i'll do in the daytime and i'll do that at like nine ten o'clock mm. at night that's the thing with creative <laughs> things stop. you can't exactly that you can't uh designate hours to be creative like okay well between five and six i'm gonna be creative yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not quite how it works and it's like with bookmarks i know I, I i dick around quite a lot and say oh i just cut bookmarks but mm. i'm doing it for a lot like it's yeah. 9 p.m at night i'm cutting bookmarks my partner's down here watching telly. Mm. I wake up. First thing I do every morning, I probably do a stint midday as well, just to yeah. keep on top of the orders. Otherwise, I'll go bananas. Yeah. And then I'm drawing new ones. I'm thinking of things. I'm reaching out to people. Like, it's, it is a lot. So yeah. even though it sounds uh, possibly like I don't do a lot. Yeah. The stuff going on behind the scenes is And I bet you say to people, oh, I don't do that much. Yeah, well... Because I, because I do you the feel, same. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you feel like you sort of have to downplay it because... It's capitalism, mate. Oh, <laughs> capitalism. I Patriarchy. blame Brexit. <laughs> yeah. Always Brexit. Yeah. Nice. When it comes down to it, Brexit. Yeah. Your penguins are too small, Brexit. Everything going wrong, Brexit. 
no, it's not bread for the soul. I just, uh, yeah, underplay what I work. Yeah, I think, I think also thing. it's like what you said about uh, old people and parents' generation and stuff like that. They don't, it's just a very old fashioned way of viewing working, isn't it? So mm. if I'm speaking to someone and they'll be like, oh, so what's your job? And I'll be like, uh, cut bookmarks. What do I say here? Yeah. <laughs> How, what, do, what do I say that you're going to judge me the least for? Because the reality is I'm just cutting some bookmarks. So, yes. Do you ever listen to Blind Boy's podcast? You should. He's incredible. Oh, the I Irish listened guy. to him. Yeah, yeah. I listened to him on um, another one. I think the Jake Humphreys podcast. But he mm. was really good on that. I he haven't is listened to his. incredible. And he mm. gets hundreds of thousands of downloads a week. Mm. And when his like, local college in his area, they created like a podcast course. And his mum was like, oh, you should um, stop doing the podcast and go and teach there. And like, because she thought like being a teacher at a college was a more legitimate yeah. job than being a podcaster. So interesting, isn't it? the money he must make really? from that podcast. Let's say, for example, he gets 250, 300,000 downloads. Mm. He has a Patreon where people pay him three pounds a month mm. just to support his work. Mm. Which, by the way, everyone, I've got a Patreon uh, and it's three ninety nine a month and you are part of uh, book club and you get bonus episodes so if you want to join that it's literally only 3.99 i've um, got um a really good idea for your patreon remind me to tell, tell you later okay I'll, I'll forget but i'm gonna ask you remind to remind me. yourself mm-hmm. um <laughs> but like let's say if even one percent of that two hundred thousand, give him three pounds a week i know it's mad what's uh, three pounds a month six grand a month from that and then it's he gets mad. ads he does it through Acast. i would say he probably gets about 12 grand a week from his podcast plus <laughs> the other stuff so like he'll be earning 60 70 grand a month from that alone dirty and money and then he does loads of other I stuff know. on the side and his mum's like oh well, wouldn't you want to go and be a, a podcast teacher at the college it's like no i don't think he probably does no because he'll earn in like two weeks but that's it isn't it but i year. think also some people are quite um with this kind of life that we've crafted for ourselves of I don't know the balance between work and freedom yeah you you have to be kind of self-deprecating about it like yeah you have to hate yourself a bit no well it's not (laughs) even that it's just like you have to kind of downplay like oh I make x amount of money Mm. a month and people like oh my god you do nothing to make that like how have you done Mm. that and so you kind of have to like underplay it like oh yeah but you know it's all luck of the draw and stuff like that so yeah. Um, it's uh it is a strange one so just for transparency um i shat myself and thought that i hadn't started recording on the microphones and of course i had so that's a good thing um <laughs> it is a strange one because i see people virtue signaling all the time on social media and i think just shut the fuck up i cannot handle social media anymore so i um have a personal account yeah. and a bookmarks account and on my personal account i've unfollowed everyone mm. every single person i don't follow anyone and i just do dumb shit on there stuff yeah. that i find funny like i don't know planking on a bin <laughs> and then yeah. the you're book- so int- <laughs> like you're 30 mate <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> i'm such a child <laughs> and then on the bookmarks account I um, just follow 
people who like book readers and yeah. then people i find funny and your girlfriend because she's super hot yeah she is pretty hot. but um <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't handle the bullshit that i'd mm. see on there just constantly and i was like why am i doing i actively follow these people hey. so why am i doing it so unfollow them jesus i spend too long looking at people's stories and looking at people's instagram posts and it just does it isn't serving me so much at the moment you know it's like it's like mental health awareness week this will give you a hint of when this was recorded everyone that's listening and i've had to literally i'm i'm logging on i'm posting and i'm i'm deleting the app and and i've done that for however many days we are this week 3 4 days and i've felt so much better for it like but this morning i i had the app when i woke up mm. And I was on the app, and then I'd read two pages, and then I was on the app again. Um, your door is Did just Did you open. not shut my front door? No. Do you think you want to go and do that? Where's my I cat? Uh, you're, I don't know. This is not good. Um, anyway, I'm not going to stop recording just for uh, the whole sort of transparency thing. So I apparently didn't shut the door. Um, Daisy's cat has not gone missing. Which is great news. So I'll wait for Daisy's cortisol levels to drop because, of course, a bit of stress is never good. Um, and, and we got some post. Where do you get your books from? World of Books. World Always. of Books. Okay. Why? Uh, they're cheap. Okay. And they're secondhand. Ooh, okay. And what is it? I think. It Let's do a live reveal. A live reveal. Okay. Yeah. So for the listener. I've been delivered Because I can't remember what we were talking about before. Oh, social media. Uh, basically, I think social media is shit most of the time. Um, because I'm obviously I'm not following the right people anymore. That's the thing, though. That's the thing. So people complain about it. And I was like, I, I choose who I'm following. This is my fault. This is yeah. no one else's fo- fault other than my own. And people talk about, oh, the Kardashians. Everything's fake. It's setting a bad precedent for young girls. And obviously that's that's true and young girls will be following all of these people. But for me personally and the effect it has on my mental health and w- how I view myself, mm. I just need to fucking unfollow them. It's yeah. simple as that. It is Fair. simple as that. Okay, so we have live reveal. Oh, I'm so pathetic. We have closer. Another one. Okay. Got what about is it? 12 copies now. And Submarine by Joe Dunthorne. Okay, are these, uh, what are they, novels? So, Submarine is a novel that's been made into a film by Richard Iodi. Really good film, if okay. you haven't seen it. And the soundtrack's by Alex Turner, which is fucking the two. He's a... Uh... Arctic Monkeys. Okay, man. yeah. And then Closer is, so Closer, this is, it's just like I planned it. I yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. plan this. Of course you didn't. I, um, Closer is my favourite book. It's, but it's actually a screenplay. So it's it's written by Patrick Marber, who did George Alan Partridge. He wrote Alan Partridge oh, no. with Steve Coogan. <clears throat> He's very, very uh, clever guy. And um, I think he had a hand in Brass Eye with uh, Chris Norris. No? Okay. So <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, it's a, so it's a screenplay. It was written for uh, theatre. But they've actually made a film out of it as well. Okay. But so it's kind of um, not really a book that I'd recommend to anyone because 
it's well it's a script so it's hard to read yeah but if you've seen the film and then you read the book fuck me it is incredible some of the language and like the power plays between characters and the dynamic is just so good that's i've got a tattoo from closer okay um yeah highly recommend favorite book ever and do you like novels more than you like non-fiction and so, fiction more than you like non-fiction sorry yeah i was thinking this uh knowing that i was coming on this <laughs> and so with me i listen to non-fiction and i will read fiction okay um because well i feel like with non-fiction i need to be kind of engaged processing it and learning because yeah. often with non-fiction it's all just learning yeah um and so i'll listen on audible going for walks and well doing anything and then fiction i'll often it's just pure escapism yeah which so i'll go to bed at nine every night 30 years old go to bed at nine just you FYI. are wild i am so wild <laughs> and then um read for an hour go to bed at 10 sleep at 10 and that's like pure just happy place yeah. so you know when you're watching a really good series mm-hmm. and you can't wait to watch the next one and you'll be thinking about it like if you're i don't know washing up that's that's what i get from novels yeah. and i'll be thinking like fuck me i cannot wait to go to bed tonight and read my book yeah i love oh, that god i sound so lame yeah but it's not lame daisy it is not lame I did a podcast the other day, um, I'll give him a shout out, Canberra Conversations, and I feel like it might be one of the like best like guest episodes I've ever done. I mean, I'm on sat right else here. With, uh, when I'm the guest okay. on someone's, <laughs> because it was a podcast and he's very focused on like self-development, like mm. going hard and, and like really just doing everything in the pursuit of personal development, and I... I'm I'm less in that zone now. Like I I want people to read to like slow down. I want people to learn to like love it. To, yeah. to have these wild hallucinations of what it looks like. To imagine the characters and to like you say escape because the lives you get to live when you read a book it's just completely different. Like To Kill a Mockingbird, I fucking loved it. Such a good book. To live the life of like a six-year-old girl in the deep south of America in the 1920s. I'm never going to be able to do that. Mm. And you just, you live in this zone. You need to read, um, have you read any of Hunter S. Thompson? No. So, uh, just incredible. I'd highly recommend to maybe start with The Rum Diary or Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So it's all about like um, the beatnik era (laughs) on Jack Kerouac. And just the the world that they create or he creates is so incredible. You just become obsessed with it. Tell me that name again. Hunter, Hunter S. S. Thompson. And I'm just going to have to make a list because obviously I'll put the, the books that we've discussed in, yeah. in the notes here. I know you've got a list there. I've got, I've got a substantial um, list for the listeners. But yeah, so I'm like, obviously we spoke earlier. I'm now writing a novel. This is so insane to me. (laughs) I can't believe that. So when, because of you, you've spoken about um, that you're trying to write a book before, but I thought it was non-fiction. It was. Oh, it was? It was going to be. I've got about a thousand words of a non-fiction book and then I was like, actually... Bin that off. Yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. I want to... 
do that at a stage of my life where I'll have the money to like, cool, I'm just going to go and live in this place for three months. I'm just going to write and I'm not going to have any other distractions because the thing about people that write books is apparently they take a lot of time off to do it and they take so much time off afterwards because it's like it's such a like a drain on Mm -hmm. creativity to firstly it's hard enough to just sit down and to do it resistance the resistance yeah and you then have to actually come up with these ideas and at the moment my brain is just firing like last night i came up with this paragraph and i don't know where it's going to go in the book but like it's it's insane and and i'll I'll tell you what i'll talk to you about it because it's it comes out of me like i'm a bit of a sap and I like this because it, I, when I'm writing, I get to expose this like soft side of me that I could see in the other individuals that are nothing like me. And basically, the like the main sort of protagonist in the book is is a 22 year old girl, and I'm writing in the first person. And I'm talking about love in the sense of like most four letter words that you come up like fuck, shit, cunt. Sorry, everyone that's offended by that, but not sorry. Um, they sting. And like some t- some people, like they really feel the cringe down the back of their neck and this girl, she becomes heartbroken. And I was like, love is now in the category of four letter words for that person. It's like hate. That's you say so it, it comes from your chest. Mm-hmm. And when you say like love, like it, I used to feel like that. When I'd say the word love, like it used to make me cringe as much as someone that doesn't like swearing when they hear the word cunt. And it used to like hurt me in the way because I was a hurt boy, you know? For a little bit, that's it's, it's me. I'm vibrating like that. I should have turned the phone off. And I came up with a paragraph about that to explain that concept. And I was like, I'm actually going to write a good book. Yeah, you get lost in it. I you get, get so lost, lost in, it. in it. And I think, and when something's flowing so much out of you, it's such a clear passion. Mm. Nothing can contend with that. No nonfiction or anything can contend with this world that you create. Yeah. And that's why, oh, I just fucking love fiction. I just love books. Just man. love books, I just love books. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is one of those weird things. Like, writing for me now, I think, is going to be something that I'm going to be doing every day for a very long time. And, I've, and so I've just exciting. said to myself, it's like 30 minutes a day, every day, I will sit yeah. down and I'll write. And I could write 30 words. I could write 300. I could write 1,000. It doesn't You're matter. You're going to learn so much about yourself. Exactly. Because every bit in every single character, I will have had that thought at mm. some stage in my life or mm. I've seen it somewhere. And now I'm, everything I'm doing, I'm making notes of now. Mm. And it's like going into my brain and being saved for later. That's and I just wild. can't wait to have a finished product. I, um, I listened to a really good uh, interview. I think it's with Dolly Alderton mm. and someone else can't remember who and she was saying they were asking like oh how much of your books are uh, real like things that have happened to you and she was saying that everything in fiction um is r- real and will mm. have had to happen to you however the characters and world you create around those real uh instances yeah. and circumstances is completely fiction so yeah. how one reacts to something possibly won't won't be true to how they reacted yeah. however the actual circumstance so boy walks into a coffee shop stuff like that like mm. will have happened in real life yeah it's so interesting because i like i used to have an idea for a novel and i'd like um, i'll probably go back to it at some stage but it's just not the way that my brain works anymore mm. and i was like this essentially this could have been my life if everything i was ever anxious about came came true shit and 
it would have been dreadful if it had. <laughs> Bit of a sliding doors moment. Yeah. So when you're anxious, are you an anxious person? Like you're a creative. <laughs> you've you've got to have your mental afflictions. I've had my fair Doesn't few it years of therapy. Help you with like your creativity. It wasn't something I ever had when I was younger. Like I'm, I remember when I wrote in school. Like I used to be a good writer in terms I could tell a good story but I couldn't get the words out and I used to get in trouble for like writing books about the military and saying shit in them and stuff or like little short stories but I've always kind of like known like I'm gonna write something one day um I don't know where I'm going with this but essentially when I was on holiday no, with I my sister once she goes who buy your book and I'm like oh you just wait and see, sis. <laughs> and like, she didn't mean anything like spiteful behind it, but like, yeah. I was selling health insurance at the time. It mm. wasn't, I'd like read like 30 books and I was mm. like, well, I'm going to write one. She's like, yeah, all right, mate, whatever. I think it's really interesting what, um, mm, don't want to say mental health disorders, what people who struggle with mental health, um, w- the positives mm. that come from it. I don't think that's kind of spoken about enough. So I used to like, I had from the ages of like 15 to 22, like wild panic attacks, like Mm. wild. (laughs) I would just (laughs) shit myself and vomit whenever I left the house. It was insane. I had like so many years of CBT, blah, blah, blah. But from that, um, I had like quite bad depression as well, because if you can't leave the house, it kind of gets someone down. However, moving on from all that, I think what it's shown me is... I've just become so incredibly confident in who I am as a person. Mm. If you don't like it, fuck off. Like, I don't care. I'm not trying to people please. I know who I am. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. So if I go out to the pub with friends, I'll leave at nine because I don't want to. I don't want to stay any longer. And people will be like, oh, come on, days. Like, you're being so boring. It's like, no, I'm not going to enjoy my night if I stay longer. So I'm going home. Like, I've had a really good time. Yeah. So now I'm going. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. They yeah, call yeah. it a Dexit. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, I I have not wanted to be here. Like I've Yeah. I've wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. And after that, and still being here, I feel like every day is like a bonus day. Yeah. It's like, well, if I had done that all those years ago, mm. I wouldn't be here. So this fucking bonus day great yeah. let's let's have a laugh with it yeah like every single day is like a free day because yeah, i could so not true. have been here and that's yeah. such an insane way to like look at life and mm. the whole thing and if something goes wrong it's like oh well could not have been it so it's yeah. all right <laughs> yeah that is true and i think it's it's really having depression and anxiety has just made me um just kind of like unapologetically me yeah i'd agree i'd I'd say the same for me like getting to a stage where i was like that kind of level of low and it would just spring upon me some days like oh it's fucking terrifying like i remember that last year like i just i wrote down in my journal i was like right what am i feeling what am i feeling and i was like i am a burden to the people around me and i was like whoa Mm. thank fuck i journaled because i saw that word burden i was like danger word danger word how can i like fix this or like help this or accept that and move on from it Mm. and that's what i think just getting it out is so important Mm. when you like you don't have to tell me if you don't want to but when you felt like 
that low? Was it something you said to people or it's something now you can speak freely about? Because I feel... Yeah, definitely. I, I can speak freely about it now being at a low point, but at the time I, I didn't... Yeah. You don't want to scare the people around you. Absolutely. But of course you wouldn't... Like, they would be scared, but it's better to get it out and have them scared yeah. than to not know and you be there. It's just... kind of like the only way that I... Uh, managed to kind of talk about it with my friends mm. is making a joke of it mm. so even like the day after like um i remember so i was really struggling i called my best friend best person in the world and yeah. she drove to me and she didn't tell me she was driving to me she just kept me on the phone drove to me um, and was like, I'm outside. I was like, what? <laughs> mm. And didn't know that she'd, while we were on the yeah. phone, um, came to me and we were just, she was just hugging me just while I sobbed. And then literally even half an hour after that, we were like, oh yeah, well, gonna kill myself. And yeah. it's like, and you have, you have to make a joke of it. Otherwise mm. it's seen as this taboo subject. And as, seen, as soon as it's seen as this taboo subject, then that's when you get worried that you can't tell people and that's when people yeah. struggle that's that's the really scary bit but yeah. it's if you're if you're laughing about it and some people will find that really kind of uncomfortable yeah but yeah you have to you, you have yeah. to yeah otherwise i wouldn't be able to talk about it yeah well that's like a, a humor is a, used a lot for a coping mechanism i'm the same like I always make jokes about like being depressed and being a sad boy and like oh all, God, of, all of that to. kind of stuff. Like, oh, and it just helps. Mm. It is just, mm. but I think it also helps the people around you yeah. because they're like, Oh, okay. He's still a normal person. He's in there somewhere. Yeah. Like he's okay. We're not, yeah. not all lost is not all is lost yet. Yeah. And it's, it uh, just reduces the pressure a bit. It kind of, takes the foot off the pedal like okay calm down a bit that's yeah he's still making jokes he's fine like it's okay obviously not fine but yeah it just it it allows them to feel a bit more comfortable with the situation mm. which is so stupid because when you're feeling that way often you're just thinking about other people yeah. and it's like the kind of last thing you need to be thinking about you need to be focused on yourself yeah however like i i would never go to my uh, mum or dad because they wouldn't want to scare them yeah and that's that's not something you should be thinking about they should be able to kind of meet it without fear yeah. but it's just like, learning i have this like radical honesty thing sometimes and i'm like this will make people feel uncomfortable like if i was to speak about like my mum said like the other day something about on some tv show someone had like used ketamine mm. and i was like oh jealous <laughs> and like <laughs> i say these things not because i like want to be like oh my god mum, i've done drugs before it's like it's like i just i want like an open and honest relationship mm. so if it ever gets to a stage where i feel like that again like i can just say something mm. and i've got an honest communication channel so that i don't mm. feel uncomfortable saying it because it's it's no one else's business what you do with your life it's about being able to tell them what they do with your life but they love you so much they just don't judge you for it mm. and that's really difficult obviously people are going to judge you I think it's really tricky for parents because all all they want is 
to love you and you feel yeah. okay. That's their whole reason for living is making sure that their babies are okay. Yeah, it's mad, So it, it must be really difficult. But And I, I, I haven't got kids. I've no... You've got a cat? I've, I've got Frank the cat. But <laughs> I've, I've no... I, I, I wouldn't know how to handle it if my yeah. child came to me and said that. Mm. So I'm not... This is... No, it takes such a strong person to be able to just be like okay what what do you need what how, yeah, what, how do how, I help? What, what can be helpful yeah, at the moment i think exactly. that's such a key word is helpful mm. i'm a bit gutted i did a podcast this woman the other day she wrote a book on grief and half of it's gone missing so oh, no. if anyone does a podcast don't use zencaster because they're shite and they'll lose your files Shit. but she was saying about like around grief it's a, simply a case of like if someone's grieving whether they're grieving a relationship a, the death of someone the loss of a job whatever they're grieving it's just a case of like showing face for whoever's there and be like cool what will be helpful mm. for me i didn't used to do that i'd just be like oh someone's got a problem i buy my book yeah exactly i try and you try and fix it instantly. fix it the way i would fix yeah, myself exactly. when it's it, everyone's different mm. you have to just be like okay, people what just you need to having? feel heard yeah yeah like over anything talking of brief uh grief <laughs> yeah. bring it back to my list okay yeah books again i've got a good um <laughs> non-fiction book actually called everybody died so i got a dog it's a, okay. it's a funny name, but it's by someone called Emily Dean, and she um she actually co-hosts the Frank Skinner podcast. You know okay. Frank Skinner. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Um, but she wrote a book, and it's like heavily focused on grief. Okay. And so to summarize, her sister, her mum, and her dad all died within the space of a year or two years. I'll sting. I know, <laughs> <laughs> and. It's, she takes a very kind of uh, humorous take on it, but it's really interesting. And as someone who's never experienced grief, I've never mm. had anyone close to me uh, die. It was really interesting in how to manage talking to people who yeah. have experienced loss. I found it really helpful. Yeah, it's a, it's such a weird thing to navigate is grief. Like I I experienced it early, like when I was eight, like, mm. one, like my like best family friend died of leukemia. Oh my god! But like how unfair is that? Just yeah. an eight-year-old. And that's when I was like, I'm a fucking atheist. Because mm. I've God's lie alive or real. And he's killing kids. Mm. I don't want anything to do with that. No, thank <clears> you, <throat> sir. And I didn't I didn't process it. I didn't know how. Mm. And like when I first went to therapy, I was like, this is going to be huge. Like, this is going to have such was an impact. Was it? Has it been? No. Really? Yeah, not at all. That's I'd be interested to speak to like a other therapist about it. <laughs> But, what, um, you're saying yours isn't doing a good enough job? Well, no, I think like because every therapist is going to have a different yeah, opinion on what's what is causing stuff in your life. So, like, I've just I've just got a new therapist. Oh, really? I've just well, I've got two now. And so How I've got come? one who I see in real One's life. One's not giving you the answers you want. No, no, no. I just want to. <laughs> so I'm like, this is so helpful. Why would I not try and double it up? Yeah. It's like I. I don't know. It's it's a it's a strange thing. Were you feeling? I'm really sorry. That's all right. Can I don't think you can probably hear Frank in in the background. If you um, can, then if you can, that's I'm really okay. Sorry. He's his cat. Don't it's blame him. It's my needy, it's um, needy kitten. I want. I've got a female therapist who I've had for like 18 months. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the male. I want to just see that's, what it's like. No, that's really interesting. That's I, really interesting. I want the different questions. Yeah, definitely. And it's, oh my God. As soon as like I'm just writing to this one because I want to try out different mm-hmm. types of therapy and like writing therapy. I've gotten through BetterHelp. I'm sponsored by them. Guys, go sign up um, if you need therapy. And he just, the first message I got, because he like, I, I explained everything to him. I was like, look, 
I go through therapy at the moment. I have therapy. I've had a couple of different therapists before. This is kind of what I'd like from you. This is the stuff that I want to explore. And he was like, yeah, perfect. You can see like you're very self-aware. You know exactly what it is you want. Ask me this one question. And I just started laughing to myself. I was like, how do they know like just what to ask? Yeah, it's really... <laughs> It is a uh, really interesting. I find it diff. Yeah, it's difficult to know when you're not um, clicking with a therapist, yeah. or if they're challenging you in the ways that you should be challenged. Yeah, because it's so easy to be like, "Oh no, it's not right for me. I'm not. I'm not interested." Oh. And it's like, mm, actually, that's exactly what you need. They're asking the questions that are difficult. Yeah. And it's so interesting because therapy is like the most horrible experience of your life, but so beneficial. And every single week, it's it's like something you so don't want to do, but have to do and then feel really good for it afterwards. But I don't think it's helpful or beneficial when people are like oh therapy's brilliant therapy's great it's really good time it's you're yeah. great try it and it's like no actually it's fucking hard work yeah and you're gonna it, you're gonna hate every second but also love every second it's yeah. really it's really hard to try and explain it especially when you go in there and like i remember the first time i sat down when i was like first going to therapy mm. I was like, I was looking at this woman. And I was like, I'm just gonna lie to you. Exactly. Like, I am not gonna tell you the truth about how I feel, and That's I'm just gonna cool. waste this like one thousand two hundred pounds that I yeah. paid for these twelve sessions. Mm. And and then I did. Did you? For the first session, I just sort of breezed over stuff, and then I spoke about like sometimes like I I binge eat, and like people don't think I do because obviously I just look like I don't binge eat, and they're like, oh no, you don't look like you do. It's like, well, bruh. You see how many Maltesers I eat? Mm. It's not healthy. And the first time I like told her about that, because I was like, I think this might be a bit of a problem. She was like, oh, have you tried like mindful eating of a raisin? And I was like, oh, no, but I'll do that. And I'll, I'll tell you about it next time. She asked me if I did it. And I was like, yeah. She was like, how was it? I was like, oh, yeah, it was a bit weird. I probably won't do it again. And she was like, you didn't do it, did you? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no Damn. No, <laughs> Bitch got my number. <laughs> yeah. And I did that for four sessions in a row. Really? Like I'm paying for this stuff and yeah. it's expensive and I was still lying to her because deep down I just didn't want to face these mm. things that I was doing to myself. Mm. But and how incredible that you can you can see that now mm. and be self-aware enough to, to even admit that you did that because that's so common. Yeah. I did that for yeah. weeks. Like yeah. <laughs> because you're you it's just you're young. Yeah. And that's what that's what you do. And you, you think out. you're exactly, exactly that. And I think you even have to kind of go through the process of lying to a therapist and mm. then being like, oh shit, actually this isn't benefiting me and I'm probably wasting everyone's time. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to go through it and it's not, it's not something to kind of uh, be ashamed of. Or... No, no. And like, I, like I push people to do it because I just want the best for people. Mm. I like, I think even if you're an absolute total prick, if you go to therapy at some point that will stop. Or, or lesson. Yeah, it will lessen. <laughs> like, yeah, may, I don't know if people, I don't know, I'm very, I do believe people are capable of change. Mm. And I really, really do. And it would be hypocritical of me to think that people aren't. Mm. I always go on as if like the old Ed was like a proper knob. Like I wasn't I that bad. I do question like, yeah, what like did a, you do to this girl? No, like I really wasn't like bad as a person. The, the first girlfriend I had, we were great for like three years and then we didn't really like each other. And then I cheated on her. 
and that was so such like new behavior for me and then after that i just became a whore and that was like my focus Your MO. yeah like i that's just what i was mm-hmm. and that's kind of what i did i'd go out and then i'd sleep with someone and i probably wouldn't speak to them again mm. and it's just the typical sort of dickhead behavior mm. that is everywhere nowadays and some people don't mind it some people mind it when it happens to them some people don't mind being on the receiving end they're happy with it it's a mutual sort of transaction but i'm like i don't like treating people like that that for me is dickhead behavior how am i going to stop that i think honesty um can go so far in Mm. any situation so saying obviously some people don't mind it some people do mind it etc the the one kind of quick not quick fix that's the wrong way to to mm. uh phrase it but the one thing that i think can make you feel better within yourself is just complete transparency mm. with whatever you're doing be it like binge eating yeah. oh i'm 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 binge eating right now yeah or be it fucking a girl and then not calling it i'd be like look just so you know probably not gonna call you yeah and just complete transparency kind of alleviate some of the guilt that you Mm. will instantly feel in any situation where you're probably not being your kind of best self or what you should be doing yeah that and i think therapy kind of that's it's bringing that honesty to light yeah and making you see the truth in that practice vulnerability that's Mm. that's what it is it's Mm -hmm. just practice and like with everything practice makes you get better at it sam harris's book lying is like 70 pages and if you're a lying little scumbag, read that book <laughs> because it will change everything. It's so he was like when he was in his twenties, he had like real long hair. Do you know Sam Harris? Oh my god, Sam Harris like one of my favorite people. Him and Ricky Gervais have just started a podcast. And it's oh, insane, wow. and he's like a philosopher, neuroscientist, just one of the smartest people I've ever listened to or read the work of. And this book on lying, he, he was in his twenties, he had long hair, looked a bit of a hippie, and he went to India. And when the, like, obviously he was stopped and, like, searching his bags to see if he had drugs in him because he just looked like a hippie. And the guy goes to him, he's like, oh, so have you got any drugs in here? He's like, nope. He's like, have you done any drugs whilst you're here in India? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, what, <laughs> what, what have you done? He's like, oh, I've smoked some weed. I also, um, I actually tried opium for the first time. And the guy was like, what, what, what was it like? Mm-hmm. And just, like, became, like, interested in this conversation with him and stopped searching his bag because he was like, oh, this guy literally tells the truth. Mm. So it's... We can't when, get him for anything. Yeah, when you're able to just tell the truth, even about the negative things about yourself, like, what what have people got to complain about then? What have mm. people got to question you on mm. if you're just honest all the time? Mm. And they're so... Like, it's just... It lets a lot of people down. It's just not being able to say, this is the behaviour I display that's not that cool. Mm-hmm. And I probably am not going to change it. Mm. So um, I know you haven't read, but Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene mm. is such a fucking whopper of a book. It's yeah, like encyclopedia size. Yeah. But it's so interesting and fucking twisted in places. Mm. But it's all about learning. Like you read this book and you feel like you're just learning to manipulate people okay and it's so interesting but it goes into everything like um scale of narcissism and being able to um identify 
people and what kind of level narcissists they are and then how to work with that when you're trying to get something out of them and even goes into like how to mirror someone's body language if you're trying to manipulate them into doing something for you okay um but it says that people view this um like complete transparency and honesty as uh the be all and end all and that everyone should strive for this complete honesty and that's what we all should be doing in life but actually um part of the best way to get someone to do something for you or uh to gain kind of followers not in the social media sense in the sense of uh people who are on board with your ideas yeah is to actually um withhold information and kind of not not share everything because mystery and that uh kind of unknown factor is really compelling and that's mm. people will be drawn to that. That's why people turn pages in books. They, they want exactly. to know what's on the next page. And it's that fine line between uh, trying to balance that in showing authenticity, mm. but then also holding back uh, something to make people be intrigued and engaged with you. It's so fucking interesting. You have to read it. That's why people like people that don't like them. Mm-hmm. so i like exactly. girls love a bad boy or mm-hmm. boys like exactly. girls who are just a little bit nasty to them like it's so want the mystery so good and it it uh like breaks it down as to why in uh psychological terms and physiological etc and it all makes perfect sense yeah and everything you read it's like oh fucking hell yeah i'm not special <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we're all doing this thing and it um really teaches you how to kind of communicate with others who are in this well if they're trying to get something from you or if you're trying to get something yeah. from them or just like kind of navigating everyday life or it's kind of more in a business term as well it's really good however i would say about that book at the beginning of each chapter there's like a fuck off big bit about he'll use like a story from olden times or okay. like jesus or something and just skip that okay so you can just use it to like yeah kind of that's you don't have to read that bit okay because he'll use like he'll do a story and then use examples from that story but just fucking bin that bit off it's too long okay i've got it at home it's really good and i probably will um read it at some point it's really but good. it's just like you know when the books are so big they're just a bit it intimidating it's got little text as well yeah little mm. words lots of pages <laughs> Those it just little, little words it doesn't hit the spot for no. me no I was trying to get this cat off the sofa before it um, jumps on my laptop. Um, What else have you got written on your list of books? What do you want? Do you want fiction or non-fiction? I think as you're more passionate about fiction, I'd like to hear three. Three? Of your fiction recommendations. Okay. So I kind of... We're okay. okay? Yeah, we're okay. For the listener, uh, <laughs> my kitten just jumped on Ed's laptop keyboard. <laughs> um, okay, so I've already spoken about the Rum Diary. Already spoken about Closer. Oh, Bukowski. Bukowski. Charles Bukowski. Have you done him? No. Nope. Fuck me. So the post office, and he's got so many good books. Women, and so so Charles Bukowski is like I think he's kind of I think he wrote the post off office in 1950 maybe maybe a bit later than that but it actually only got published in like 1990 but 
it's such a kind of grimy book and so he's obsessed with he's just an alcoholic loves to fuck and Mm. loves to gamble and he's this he's such an interesting guy his face is like a map of looks like the himalayas because he suffered with like really bad acne as a kid okay and so he's actually a poet i think he's better known for his poetry but he's written novels and the post office is such a good kind of work of literary fiction like it's just beautiful every word is like a fucking like wow yeah and the thing is it's one of those books where nothing happens like okay if someone asked me what it was about i'd be like oh some guy who works at the post office <laughs> okay so it's just like you're just p- purely interested in the like, their language yeah. it's so good it's okay. so good and you start thinking in like this dirty old man's mindset and it's yeah. so brutal it's amazing so highly recommend that um and okay, so de Botton. We need to talk de Botton. So that... Elaine de Botton. Okay. So he wrote a book called Essays in Love. I think it's actually called On Love Now. Yeah. Um, but Essays in Love is a really good book for kind of like um the realistic relationship. Okay. And it's funny actually because my partner is the first book he ever bought me and it was on love and it just tells the tale of like a relationship that absolutely diminishes through time and <laughs> nothing and romanticism is bullshit and nothing will ever end happy but um it's a really good look on like i don't know how to describe it just true true just the the honest nature of relationships and how actually everything is fucking probability and your girlfriend isn't your soulmate and you didn't like it's just fucking a percentage of how you met her and she could be one in 12 million people in the world you happen to be in the same place at the same time and that's nothing to do with fate that's Mm. just geography no i manifested it obviously (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so it goes into that and kind of throughout the kind of honeymoon phase and then uh just being in a relationship with someone and then like the demise of it as well and it's so beautifully written and expressed but very uh easy as well it's like not big words and stuff it's just um digestible okay digestible is good i like it when it's just it's not too like it can i I don't mind a challenging book to a certain extent but like i don't want to spend my leisure time reading challenging books just yet i'm not there yet i'm sure i will at some stage yeah but i like that kind of attitude like in the mastery of love like he's talking about like get this idea of like the fact that someone's coming to save you out of your head like this isn't a fairy tale you're not there's not one soulmate out there the like likelihood that you went to school with your soulmate that well it's funny so de Botton says that romanticism is the death of love <laughs> yeah. because so these romanticists all these people shakespeare and stuff who talk about love romeo and juliet like in those times people died at fucking 25 yeah so <laughs> they they're great loves like you never actually had to fucking spend 30 years with them <laughs> and lived and live with each other for an extended period of time yeah like <laughs> you fuck have a child and then die at 25 so yeah. like this whole bliss exactly (laughs) that's love 
and he just talks about like actually uh the practical terms of love and a relationship is fucking difficult and yeah. it's something that you have to work at and i oh this is gonna sound really nerdy but i from everything i've kind of read by de Botton, and he he runs something called the school of life yeah which is really good i highly recommend it to anyone but um, I've learned a lot. So me and my partner go to loads of wanky philosophy seminars and lectures and stuff in London. And what I've learned from that is kind of like you have you have to try mm. and you have to constantly um, be working harder and you can't really rest on your laurels. And so me and Matthew, that's my partner, we each month have like, a relationship meeting i love this idea I, I love this idea because a lovely couple i met in bali do this they actually like they're both self-employed so they have one meeting which is a um business meeting each month and then they have a relationship meeting mm. i'm gonna try and get lauren to do this with me seriously we've only been together for like a month but, like, <laughs> babe yeah, buckle up to... i've got an agenda <laughs> yeah but i think that's such a fascinating idea of like because when you're with someone like you are meant to be like a team you're meant to that's the thing kind of work together it's that's collaboration so he writes the agenda i'll take yeah. the minutes and normally it's just a basis of like an um, emotional wellness physical wellness uh future planning and then like in any other business i love it and it's so interesting as well because obviously i've like got all the minutes and i scan them and put them in a shared thing and it's just interesting to see how we progress as a couple as it's well couples journaling exactly and then also like oh my God. how much however great you think you're doing you can then fucking suck like yeah. we can go from like a 10 out of 10 month to like two out of 10 because we're just not we're not communicating properly with each other yeah and something will have happened and that it's disjointed and then that that meeting that month is like really we've had so many where it's written like time out had an argument and stuff like that but like I, yeah it's it's interesting to show that the ups and downs of a relationship and you can come back from anything mm. as long as you both want it enough yeah and anyway so devon taught me i it's love just, that you yeah you need to be realistic with a relationship and what to expect from a relationship as well i think that is so important so that business meeting is really cool obviously if people can't do that i think the open and honest communication is such a it just needs to be opened up between people like i've never been in a relationship like the one i'm in now where i am so not afraid to say anything that i feel and i'm like oh this is kind of like how i feel about a certain situation like and not being afraid of what I'm going to get back because she's okay to hear what I have to say. And it's new for both of us, this whole like open, honest communication thing. So it's great. Like we're, but we're navigating it together as a team. And like me three months ago would be sick of who I am now in terms of like my openness to like love that word that used to make me cringe. And it's because I'm open and honest about it. I, I won't suppress that feeling. I'm not in a like reward-based love relationship. Like yeah. it is just, I want to hit 200,000 downloads. Lauren was like, oh, like, can I take you out for that? And I was like, what? What do you mean, like, take me out? She's like, oh, like, we should celebrate. I want to I wanna treat you. And I was like... Blowjob. Blowjob, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, no, I've not had someone like wants to do like that kind of thing for me but also it takes it takes a lot for you to lean it's, into that yes it's scary yeah it's really scary to accept love 
when at times in life you don't think you're deserving of it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's, that's scary. really interesting. But I'm well into it now. Yeah, and also I think it's um, it's really difficult to navigate how to perhaps criticize, not criticize, but say something negative that the partner is doing or making you feel or something like that mm. but construct it in a way that they don't get defensive because otherwise yeah. communication is just shut off immediately yeah um but but for it to be um constructive yeah as well and kind of help you together so it's like criticizing but building yeah and it's 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 really tough and i mean me and matt have been together six years and mm. we still struggle all the fucking time of course we do yeah but it's like we're definitely better than we've ever been yeah. because of all this stuff we put in place to kind of ensure that's the case yeah it's like when you work on yourself and it's no different with the relationship yeah, exactly. it's just someone else there to like kind of help you because there'll be times where i know i'm not doing stuff and if i open that up to lauren and i tell her and she recognizes that behavior and I've given her permission to tell me that mm. I'm not doing what I need to be doing, mm. then that's really helpful. Mm. Whereas if you don't have that kind of communication, you don't give that person permission to give you feedback on your own behavior because you're like, I'm my own person, mm. I'm doing this. You then get defensive and then you cause arguments and then ultimately you'll probably end up breaking up with that person, which isn't what you wanted. All you wanted was to have someone keep you accountable for the behaviors that you want to display and i can almost guarantee that if she does do that your first kind of gut reaction will be defensiveness anyway so even defensive. though you've 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 yeah, asked yeah. that of yeah. her because i do that all the time with yeah <laughs> so funny humans are fucking bad shit man yeah like how how just how do we expect that two people with all sorry i just yeah Ed, you really burps. shouldn't do that on the, <laughs> on the podcast. That's grotesque. But um, how we expect two people who have all of this fucking shit come with them, all of this baggage and all of this past things that we've learned from experiences or how your parents have fucked you up as a child or things that have happened in your life, how all, all of that stuff mm. is meant to then meet with someone else with all of that stuff yeah. and then work and merge and like create a life which yeah. actually is happy and works when two people with all of this stuff it is, is going on, like merging into one. It's yeah. so fucking difficult and it is like a treacherous thing to, to work out and try and not destroy another person while you're at yeah. it or yourself yeah definitely people do destroy themselves often in relationships through fear of destroying someone else because Fuck the thing why well because we don't love ourselves do we the way that you love another person like if i came in here with a gun and was like i said to matt i was like all right it's either daisy or you he'd probably be like, oh, take me like that's the kind of love people don't have for themselves mm. that they wouldn't die for themselves mm. and that's a weird thing for people to come to terms with mm. i can think of a few people that i would probably die for and i'm like but i wouldn't fucking not eat maltesers at nine o'clock at night for myself <laughs> so interesting isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy god we're twisted i yeah. love it i absolutely love it so what else you got for me um, okay, so... Non-fiction now. Non-fiction now. Um, Laws of Human Nature, we spoke about that. Shoe Dog, we talked about that. Oh, okay, so twisted non-fiction. Because okay. um, 
this is just like more fascinating than normal yeah well kind of like treacherous but i think people should read is uh trafficked by i think she's called sophie hayes and that's just a story about a girl who got she was just like 15 year old girl on Mm. holiday in portugal or something and got swept up into this exactly that stolen and swept up into uh sex trade and i've never it was it had such an impact on me for like no i'm not got anything to do with that but it just had such because i i could be anyone and this happened very recently like it was written in 2015 i think and i just think that's a really important book that people should read and it's a Mm. tough read but it's really good and she's alive and well okay (laughs) just fyi well she wrote a fucking book so of course she is but um also isn't that brilliant she's written a book from it and it's able to create from like like you you listen to that podcast i did with mave um she used to be an escort and like she's created something like amazing of Mm. her life and where she's like she's doing the work to get to Mm. like who who Mm. she wants to be from a zone from like stuff we'd spoken about like off air was like brutal Mm. it's oh god i can't even begin to imagine i love it when the hero wins you know in the end (laughs) (laughs) every book ever um easy non-fiction okay something called love nina love nina so it's written by i think she's called nina sib and it's uh it's really interesting story actually how this happened so she was she wrote a diary when she was i think she was babysitting some kids in london okay and like wild people turn up in this diary like um alan bennett the playwright like famous famous people she was babysitting for this family Mm. and she was just sending she found her old diaries and wrote uh rewrote some of it and sent it as an email to someone and they read it out in the office when they'd received it and this fucking literary agent or something was it happened to be in the office when this person was reading it out and were like i want to make that into a book and so she just sent all of these diary entries had no idea that it was going to be made into a book and then it got made into this book and she was like i can't believe it because i would have changed so much in it or i would have like hidden some of the stuff that i wrote because like alan bennett is this incredible playwright and it says in it like oh alan came round again for tea and he was being as up his own ass as always and stuff like this and she was like i wish i could have taken that back i like it when when it's just people write write about their lives honestly about what actually happens yeah like people don't journal about their day-to-day lives yeah that much like i actually can't remember the last time that i wrote down all oh, this is what i did today mm. like I, I do it in short but i never explain mm. dear diary yeah mm. and and like people think that that's like their life's too boring for that but like she was literally babysitting someone. yeah no it's so it's really good and it's very funny and that's easy non-fiction okay um because also with non-fiction like not everything has to be fucking self-development and yeah all of, it's because it's grueling like uh, there's only so much you can and and here's the thing is like it's getting quite repetitive now like i've noticed i've read what probably 100 self-development books i'd ev- say uh, every single person saying the same thing i've got the idea yeah i get it be honest practice yeah. gratitude like yeah and it's harder. unfortunate that like i feel like i've got the gist of it now but it's also it's opening up a whole new That's world incredible. for me because I'm like... And it means you can get fucking... 
your rocks off with some fiction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can jump into other people's lives, which is... God, it's fun. so good. It's so good. <laughs> and so my, like, safe place... Yeah. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm 30 years old. Yeah. Harry Potter. Okay. And what I will do, like, if I'm struggling or, like... Even um, though J.K. Rowling hates... Um, transgender transgender people yeah. yeah doesn't change the fact harry potter absolutely slaps yeah and also so i made harry potter bookmarks yeah and someone messaged me like oh jk rowling is against transgender and blah 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 yeah. and it's like yeah it just makes me feel less bad for profiting off her idea yeah that's actually <laughs> so fair and also like she wrote the book yeah it slaps <laughs> i'm not gonna yeah. deny that yeah but so i will um read a non-fiction or a fiction book and then i'll read harry potter do you listen to then harry I'll potter read... oh yeah stephen fry i got the whole audio yeah list. yeah That's, my sister's been listening to so that good. to go to sleep for the last like seven years mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure and we listened to it when we were like seven on eight cassette. yeah on cassette yeah. like in the car like on going like camping. so good yeah so good and then so i've got something called this is a good little tip actually mm-hmm. got something called a self-love self-love fund mm-hmm. so every single day one pounds fifty will transfer into a pot called myself love pot yeah and because like one pound fifty what's that pack of gum yeah maybe a couple of bags of gum yeah um not just yet probably and next then year i'll use that self-love fund for something that like i would never normally buy myself because it feels like too much money yeah i love that yeah so and because we've been in lockdown not really been able to buy a lot yeah i've been reading harry potter and then buying the film on amazon okay and if i can like eight quid um but i buy it out of myself love pot so it feels okay. like just free money. And then I'll read the next book and then I'll buy the film. And yeah. I got completely dicked over because they were all on ITV recently and I could have just recorded them. Oh. But that's my safe place and I would highly recommend it to anyone. Harry Potter. And no one is too good for Harry Potter. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a book called Wool. Oh, I've gone back into fiction. We've gone back into fiction. Sorry. That's all right. By Hugh Howery. Howry, that's a really good book. That's like a trilogy about um, like this silo. It's just, it's so good. That's another world where you just lose yourself yeah. in in it. And I wouldn't say you like learn that much. However, it's interesting to think about what you would do within these situations. That's how you learn with exactly. novels. Is, is you learn what your reaction would be in a particular situation mm. and you get to assess that behavior and you get to think about that yeah. and you obsess about it if you're like us yeah exactly <laughs> and you think about it for days of what, what you would do in that situation and just experience a whole new world like yeah. with the beatnik generation and uh the rum diary and fear and loathing in las vegas yeah like all of these things that happened so long ago and we're living it like that's fucking incredible yeah i love it's it it's mad i love Tell, it right i'm gonna um I'm starving, so... Let's get Uber Eats. Let's get an Uber Eats, but tell me about Catching the Ride, because you've got how many copies? I think I've got about 22 copies now. Yeah. And I just... Oh, no, it was closer that got delivered, wasn't it? Yeah, about 22 copies, and I feel so ashamed, because it's one of those books where fucking nothing happens. Really? And also, it's really interesting, because I've read this book probably every year since I was, like, 13 or 15, wow. and... I have some years I'll read it and be like, this is shit. Really? This is shit. Like what? Yeah. And then 
I'll read it the next year. And because I've changed as a person, my view on it's changed. Mm. And it's that's it's crazy how it can do that. But it's about the protagonist is kind of like um, a teenage adolescent navigating his way through growing up, I guess. And it's got a lot of grief in it. Um, but also goes into kind of just how corrupt and superficial the world is and how everyone's kind of a fake and no one's really telling the truth and how the beauty of the world is uh hiding like all the cracks and the flaws in people as well yeah but in actual what happens in it it's a kid he gets kicked out of school and he goes for dinner in the city like that's it nothing happens however it's it's the themes in it and I'm sure what? the blurb's a little more exciting than that. I really don't even <laughs> think it is. Like, honestly, he has, he goes to the library. Like, I yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, you I'm just have, have to read, read it. it. Yeah. However, it is easy, I promise. Yeah. I promise it's an easy you, read. Because I, I told you I was going to read that a while ago. Yeah. I do this often with people. I say, oh, I'll love to read that. And then I'm like, oh, I'm distracted. Yeah, <laughs> it is easy. And I think it's, it's easy to disregard it because it's one of those books that you're told to read in school yeah. same as to kill a mockingbird mm. like you're given catcher in the rye and it's like oh well instantly fuck that i only recently read the bell jar by sylvia plath i fucking did my a level um english lit on the bell jar and yeah. never read it fair play because that's, that's good though because there's like <laughs> some something in me that just fucking stops because i'm told to do it oh same whereas i recently read it it's like oh yeah good book <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> but um yeah read it highly recommend it catcher in the rye you might hate it you might love it but don't blame me either way oh my goodness the cat has just tried to attack me i did just slide and crack oh i don't know uh why ah frank <laughs> frank Let's wrap this up, Daisy, before this cat kills me and ruins my nice new trousers. Um, Where can people find you? And before you go, actually, why the bookmark, boys? That is from my mum wanted to know that question. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. The bookmark, boys. The boys. It's the boys. That's what I thought. At the time, it was, I only had boys. Okay. Boy bookmarks. Um, And the boys, it makes, I don't know, it's fun. Yeah. And it rhymes. No. Literary. Yeah. A bit of alliteration. Mm. And then I got to draw a really cool old man as my logo. So yeah, yeah, I like that. Because mm-hmm. he's the old boy. Old boys. Yeah. Old boys. Nice. Well, where can people find you? Where can people buy your shit? Um, at the Bookmark Boys. And then just like uh, on Instagram. I haven't got anything else. And the link in the bio is to the Etsy shop. Lovely. <laughs> I will... Um, if you share this episode on Instagram... And naked. tag us both in it. <gasps> Ed will I get will, naked. No, I will not get naked. I will pick 10 people that we'll send some bookmarks to. Oh, yeah, because I've just pre-cut about 100 of his head so he doesn't have to do it anymore. Frank! <laughs> this this cat is getting out of control. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Daisy, for coming Thanks. on. You absolute legend. Bye. host me in your wonderful home. you very much for listening there guys i well you know you know what you need to do you know you need to share on instagram and tag us because 10 bookmarks that's like 
30-something quid. And you get it for free just for putting an Instagram story up. And sharing the podcast really, really does help. Um, with things going back to normal, people might start ignoring my podcast. We don't want that. We need to make the world read more. So you know what you got to do. you got to share it. And it's a massive favour. And I love you all if you do it. But before I go, don't forget the Patreon. The Patreon is there so that I can provide extra value to people and also just so that people can support me if they want to. So it's patreon.com forward slash a need to read if you want to be a legend. And then if you want to get yourself therapy, which is also making you a legend because it means that you are ready to sort of say, hey, there's there's things that could be better and I need a professional. And that is probably one of the coolest things you can do for yourself. I would go ahead and say go to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read, get yourself 10% off and let's just get your life in order with with no offence intended. You absolute legends. I love you all. Get ready for the outro music. Love you, bye. <laughs> <laughs>